welcome back everybody to a very special episode of three dads and their actual babies uh... here with me yes already he's jumping the gun it is benny <laughs> adam's also here mate how you doing adam before yeah, we get all on to right. benny? i'm all right you won't hear much from me because we're all hearing about everything that's happened from benny so i'm just gonna sit down and drink my coffee very quietly while <laughs> i listen to the tales of new fatherhood from benny yeah, that's pretty much it this week, folks. After three weeks away, the weary traveller has returned. And <laughs> yeah, this is it now, Benny. So about the next 47, 48 minutes, if you could just ramble on while me and Adam can get some chores done, maybe pay our taxes, mm-hmm. clean out the car, yeah. that kind of thing, that'd be great, mate. So off you go. This is like um, what I had for my last job interview. Like doing a, Well, that was a five-minute presentation, not a bloody 47-minute one. That might be a bit difficult. Um, I've got some catching up to do with you boys on the shows that I wasn't here for. Go on, um, yeah, chip in when you want. First thing, um, crisps and sandwiches. I thank Walkers for normalising crisps and sandwiches because that is the only way to eat sandwiches. <laughs> okay. You guys are actually, like, you're actually like, ah, letting me ramble on, you mad, yeah. mad men. <laughs> um, no, no, that's fine. Ne- next thing. Well, I just want to say that you two didn't go deep enough because there are proper crisp flavours and sandwich filling combinations that you need to do. Nope. For example, for a meaty sandwich, say like ham or beef, you need to choose a neutral flavoured crisp, like a uh, ready salted or a salt and vinegar sort of thing. Whereas something like cheese, you can go a bit crazier. Like cheese and smoky bacon is a perfect combination. I can actually go with that. You make a fair point. We, we haven't got too, we haven't got the time, Benny. It's only an hour show. And it, you know, <laughs> me and Adam had other things to get to, including, yeah. which I'm sure will be one of your next topics, the way you take a shit. The way you wipe after <laughs> taking a shit, sorry. <laughs> How did you know? You, have you got a copy of my uh, phone notes app in front of you? No, but as we all predicted, you are a fucking dirty sitter. Absolutely gross. a sitter. Do you think I get this uh, chisels physique by doing a squat over the toilet? <laughs> I guess not. Yeah, exactly. And uh, wiping is definitely um, front to back, but the back to front is a good way of finishing up and as i said to you two before the true as a middle class person the true middle class way to finish is with a wet wipe yeah but then you can't put them down the toilet can you because they'll clog up you can there are flushable ones i've got flushable ones in my house my new house oh god yeah you're right you're right yeah there are yeah yeah Yeah, it's spoken like a true fucking middle class (laughs) (laughs) i've got a note for adam as well Okay. Um, he was very, very sweet on one of the previous episodes to saying that he thinks I'm like a right blokey bloke when the that is cannot be further than the truth. <laughs> I am an absolutely emotional wreck and a crier of a dude. I cr- me, me and uh, Blossom went to um, uh, New York a couple of years ago. We went to the 9-11 Museum and I cried as soon as we got to, there was a like a memorial bit about a dog and I absolutely howled during that. So I am not a blokey bloke at all. I am <laughs> I am very in touch with my emotional side. Oh, it's going to get worse. It will get worse. (laughs) Well, it's good to know, ladies and gentlemen, that we do have a contest now on Three Men and Their Babies for Biggest Crier, (laughs) as Adam and Benny, both known known to love a good cry. And and by the way, that's not even a slight. I wish I wasn't so emotionally dead inside that I could cry a lot because I think sometimes it'd do me the world of good. As I, as you well know from Sven's funeral, Adam, I just sat there stone-faced for about two hours. Yeah, I, I still, <laughs> I I still think you're was processing crying. it. Like it's been, it's been like nearly three years, and you're still like going. You might okay, be right. Yeah, the the emotions. <laughs> Are probably there somewhere deep down. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what it is? Do you know what it is? I still think it's a fucking joke. I still think he's going to knock on the door and go, "Yeah, got yeah, it. Yeah. I fucking knew it. I knew it." And he's fucking off with Team Dill somewhere. I knew it. That's what he's doing. <laughs> he just didn't want to talk to any of us anymore, and he couldn't think of a better way to do it than faking his death. <laughs> I still, I still think his final like stab in the back to me was having his funeral on Thanksgiving when he knew I yeah. couldn't make it because yeah. I'm in London every Thanksgiving <laughs> watching football and getting drunk. <laughs> They did. Re- they did say that was at the bottom of his suicide note. It did say, "Make sure it's on Thanksgiving Day, so Benny can't make it." That was what they said. They did. They did say that. So. <laughs> yeah. And uh, one more, fo- one final note from the most recent episode. Um, you are, you two were correct. I do currently have a job where I deliver food for one of the big supermarkets, but um, not for much longer because oh. as of um, what day was it? Friday. I got a call from the my previous um, pre-COVID job, and I'm going back there. Oh, fantastic! In a few weeks. Oh, that is great news. I thought 
I thought you wanted to stay with the driving thing. Was that never? I mean, the plan? I, do, I do enjoy the driving thing, but this is what I want to do. Oh, okay, fair more, enough. Fair enough. You know, there's more um, area for progression. There's more money in it for me, and mm. just like you two, it's basically a cushy office job. Except my office is very open plan, and there's a bunch of cars around. Yeah, yeah, fucking Swiss Benny. <laughs> <laughs> He's back. <laughs> yeah, so that'll probably be at the end of this month, beginning of June. I start doing that again. Oh, fantastic. Well, that's great news. Yeah, I thought I'd surprise you all with that. The descent into madness, Benny, which is what we are all actually here for, is mm. to hear a man with a new child start to lose his mind, as we all do at some point. <laughs> How has... I'll ask you the first question let you run on from there. How is the uh, okay. how's the sleeping going so far? It started off a little bit rough. Uh, I guess it's because we were both new to it and didn't know what to expect. Now... We try to feed the baby every four hours or so. So me and Blossom work as a good team and, you know, we take like a shift each in the night because we're bottle feeding, we're formula feeding. Unfortunately for Blossom, the breastfeeding isn't working out as well as she'd like it. Um, So we've gone gone with the formula and, you know, the baby's fine with it. She's... She's eaten well. She's put on weight. She got weighed last week, and now she's over her uh, birth weight, which is very good news. And that's why Blossom was able to be signed off from uh, the midwife. So yeah, but I say I think she just ate as I came here. So that's eight o'clock. She'll eat again at midnight, which would probably be the shift that I do, and then she'll eat again around four o'clock, which Blossom will get up for. And then knowing her, she won't go back to sleep again because she's not good like that. But I, I, I feel like it's going to get worse as it goes on because um, a couple of Blossom's friends recently had babies and they mentioned something about the... There's another term for it, but they told me... She told me it's called the fourth trimester where babies get very, very clingy and very screamy. Okay. We never had that. That's interesting. Georgia never got... I mean, she I guess she was kind of clingy a little bit, but she, ne- she, was, never, she was never screamy at all. She never. I don't remember her crying much as a child, really. To be honest, now I think about it, not for anything <laughs> other than the normal, you know, the normal things of you know being fed or being too cold or needing a nappy change or whatever. <clears throat> she was. Uh, yeah. She was okay with that. So hopefully, I mean, if you get, you know, luckily, if you you can kind of avoid that. Yeah, so. I, I think like the, I think the communication like between mum and dad is very important, and it's keeping us both sane at the minute for sure. Yeah. Other than that, like she. Has I mean, we bought some of that Infocol, which I don't think she um, very much agrees with or so far. Like, it doesn't seem... Well, I guess, like, when we feed her, she burps almost immediately, which is good. But I think she's having oh, trouble getting the getting the poops out. You know what I mean? Like, she gets oh, okay. constipated a bit. Oh, okay. Yeah. And uh, she gets, like, upset from that. But, like I said, I've I got no complaints with her. She's doing great. And I'm only losing a tiny bit of sleep, which is even better. I can still function on my very, very high level. <laughs> so you, um, I'm guessing you're already at that stage where you just stare at her uncontrollably for no reason, intently, just thinking, <laughs> what did I do with my life before you were here? <laughs> has, that start- has that started yet? Especially, like, it has, and especially recently as, like, she's starting to see more and she's starting to look around and especially like when you hold her and feed her she stares like directly into your face and you just see like what's happening behind those what's happening behind those big blue eyes i don't know if she's got my eyes yet or blossom's eyes but i mean you're like two weeks old how can you even how can you even be thinking at the minute well not not to burst bubble but she won't be able to see beyond like a couple of inches anyway at that age I mean, true, but I mean, she. I think she must realise there's something there. She's very like attracted to different lights as well. Like if um, we're uh, her changing mat is right next to the um, the patio door, so she'll when we change her, she'll always tilt her head to the side, and it looks like she's looking out the window. But you know, she's not. She's just seeing like a different light to what she's used to. Yeah, I think that's the thing. They they notice a lot of difference between like light and dark. That's why Mm. the the high contrast books. The baby books you can get where all the pictures are in black and white and just are like different shapes and like swirling patterns and things like that. They're really good because they they actually can pick that up. And we got her a baby gym and on their baby gym there's like the bit that goes over the top that's all like black and white stripes and weird shapes on there so I think that's made to 
like attract her as well. Yeah. But what I've done, it's a good, uh, oh god, mate. Yeah. So sorry, I, if you fancy it, I've done kind of like a a timeline of um, baby's arrival into the world. Oh yeah, please do. I don't know if that's something you guys would be interested in listening to. Oh, yeah. Wait, take of up course, a yes, bit please of time. Do. This I, is also I, I an information show as well, so <laughs> it's good for people to hear that. I was working on it from like the second, like I got home from the hospital the day she was born because. Obviously, I couldn't stay there. As soon yeah. as uh, Blossom went back to the ward, I had I got kicked out. So I did it to keep myself sane, and so I didn't miss the baby so much. Oh, <laughs> there's a soul in there somewhere. Uh, the story so far, which uh, the people listening might remember, Friday the sixteenth of May, uh, Blossom was booked in for an ultrasound, a thirty-eight week ultrasound, and during that ultrasound, if you remember, the baby's head was so far down they couldn't measure it accurately and um my doctors were worried that the baby's weight was trending like too far down like it had tailed off and it wasn't gaining any more weight and they were a little bit worried that you know things weren't going 100 percent to plan in there so they offered to give blossom a early induction and gave her that weekend to think about it and then uh on the 19th um in that during that night mel so Blossom had some. Uh, okay, I'll give him the name away. No, uh, Blossom had some like uh, wetness. <laughs> no governments, Jesus. <laughs> Blossom had some like wetness, mucus, and show, as they say. And we went to the doctor, and she laid out a convincing argument to me, at least, as to going for the induction. And then we told her about what happened to Blossom the night before. She went to give Blossom uh, an exam down below and as she did that her water was like properly broke like it wasn't oh, wow. just like a top a little bit it, it it went that kind of like sped things along and she was booked to be in the next day and then i think that was the last time i spoke uh on the podcast about it yeah that was in your little message yeah that's right tuesday the 20th mel checks into the ward at half 11 obviously with covid restrictions i'm only allowed to book a two-hour slot which is horrible because i want to be there the whole time you know yeah. Uh, so her induction at first is delayed due to a bunch of things. Um, her blood pressure was high. Not surprising considering everything that's happened, I guess. Baby, as she was during out, during throughout the whole pregnancy, was very active, moving around all over the place. And the actual delivery suite had was a absolute war zone of emergency C-sections. Like, and she just kept getting pushed back and pushed back. Everyone was getting sliced open those couple of days. But it took just before uh, midnight and they put one of the uh, the pessary in, which I guess is the little tablet thingy. On the 21st, the second pessary goes in just after six and she tells me she's going to go through to the delivery suite about 12.30. But again, this is delayed due to the Caesarea apocalypse, as I have decided to dub it. She finally <laughs> goes through at 7am, uh, 7pm, sorry, which as you guys know, I uh, sack off work and head to the hospital. I quickly jumped in on uh, Adam's stream just to make him laugh, saying I'm now about <laughs> yep. to go, the baby's coming. He told me off for that, that was good. And then about half ten, it's, um, oh sorry, I got there about half eight, and Blossom's getting checked over, ready for her um, hormone drip to go on. Uh, oxytocin drip, I think it is. Half ten, uh, they finally put it on, and they up the strength of it half an, every half an hour to try and start the contractions off, which happened, I don't know, they turned it up about four times. It was at this point I told Blossom that she's not allowed to be a martyr and she needs to have um, gas and air if she needs it, which she did almost immediately after yeah. I told her it was okay. <laughs> she was worried it would make her feel sick, which it did at first, to be fair, but she she um, got over it in the end, bless her. I like how you just kind of dressing her down. Yeah, yeah, right. Stop being a fucking hero. Just take it. <laughs> <laughs> I did. That's exactly what I said to her. Yeah. So she started getting uh, frequent contractions about four every 10 minutes but they were kind of like peaks and troughs with it they never lasted too long they were kind of and they're very inconsistent and then she got examined after four hours of that and that there'd been no change in the cervix or anything like that so they turned it up a bit more but at a certain point uh during the first four hours the the baby's heart rate like went kind of spiked and they were getting a bit worried about it so they put they set a cap on the amount they could turn the drip up to because the doctor didn't want anything bad to happen, obviously. Moving on to the next day, uh, another four hours on the drip, still nothing happens. They give Blossom the choice of going for another four hours 
or having a category three C-section. She blossomed to be fair, like a, I think cooler heads prevailed, and that um, she figured out that if nothing's happened after eight hours, she don't think anything is going to happen after another four hours. And at that point, after being in the hospital for three days and hardly having any sleep, she didn't want to be on another four hours on a drip and then potentially spend ages in labour. So she thought the best thing would be to have a C-section. And then uh, from then on, things went really quick. Like Doctors came in, we had talks with Blossom, anaesthetists, um, surgeons, everything that's going to happen. I got sent away to the changing room to put scrubs on, which you saw. Yeah. I um, became uh, George Clooney in ER, which is very exciting for me. And then uh, just after nine o'clock, she was sent through to the theatre. When she went in there, I had to wait outside. The uh, surgeon in charge told me there'd be about ten minutes. This ended up being about 25 minutes. And those were the longest 25 minutes of my bloody life. God. <laughs> yeah, I'm not surprised, I, mate. I feel like um, I had to stave off at least two separate panic attacks sitting on that chair outside the theatre. <laughs> I, I got to the point where I was shouting at myself to stop being so stupid. Everything's going to be fine. Like, it was horrible. Yeah. Um, were you trying to... Were you trying to um spy through the circular hole in the door like the velociraptors in Jurassic Park. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Clawing at the scraping, door. Oh, scraping on the door like a puppy hoping to let me in. Yeah. <laughs> About 9.45 in the morning, I go in and see Blossom lying on a table in a Jesus Christ pose. Top half of her only a visible like she's been cut in half by a bunch of green clad magicians. <laughs> Legs nowhere to be seen. And then... <laughs> Less than 15 minutes later, baby's out, crying, gurgling on all those nasty fluids inside Blossom that she had to get through to get out of the sunroof. Yeah. So, and at 9.57am, Freya Dorinda Benderman was born, weighing six pound eight. Yay! That's so good. <laughs> but, that's just the beginning of the story, boys. There's a twist. Oh. Damn. And M. Night if you tell me now, there was... Twist. If you tell me now... <laughs> There was a second baby in there, and you've been sending us and you've been sending us pictures of twins secretly oh without us knowing. God. I will fucking die of a heart attack right now. Well, it's exciting, but not that exciting, unfortunately. Um, oh, thank God. So okay. I understood, like from a C-section, that putting Blossom back together was going to take a lot longer than it would uh, getting the baby out. That's just yes. common sense to me. Yeah, but it just all sort of kicked off after a while. Um, I was having a, I was seeing the baby for the first time, and having uh, some cuddles with the baby, and I realised like the atmosphere kind of changed in the room. A lot of people were getting, I don't say panicky, but you know there was the business has picked up as uh, as people like to say. Yeah. And what had happened? Uh, a routine close had uh, got a little bit trickier, as um, Blossom started bleeding a lot. I had a, you know, I'm sitting there in my own little world and I, uh, you know, I'm kind of listening to what people are saying. But obviously, I'm no doctor. I don't really understand the ins and outs of what's happening. So um, the midwife comes over to me, uh, Anna. She's a lovely girl. She helped me a lot during that day. Bless her. I, if by any um, chance she hears this, thank you so much, Anna. You're the best. So she, I think she kind of sensed that I knew something was wrong. So um, she came and sat with me and asked if I knew what was happening. And I said, to her, well, um, I think I can't be, I'm not 100% sure, but I think Blossom's lost a bit more blood than they would have liked. And uh, that's when she told me that she had uh, lost two litres of blood. And, Damn. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, she possibly might have to have a transfusion. So, like, I'm, I'm looking at Blossom, I can see, like, all the colours drained from her face. Yeah. The um, anaesthetics making her shake, which is just making my my head explode. I'm thinking, oh god, I need to, I need to keep talking to her just in case she passes out, or you know. And then, which the midwife said to me, no, Jordan, she's not had a concussion. She's just lost a bit of blood. She's fine. <laughs> <laughs> she's had a motorbike accident. You, you birth. <laughs> can you hear me? <laughs> Squeeze my hand if you can hear me. <laughs> yeah, what's your name? Say your name. <laughs> uh, so. They did a couple of tests on her. They um, tested her blood just to, I think, check, to check the iron levels. And they were actually quite good, which I put down in uh, afterwards to 
the supplements she was taking. She was taking that pregnant care stuff, which has uh, yeah. iron in it. And I, oh, think, yeah, yeah. I think that helped her out a lot in this situation. It stopped her having to have a transfusion. But yeah, the um, the clothes took a good couple of hours. Wow. I don't know if that's normal, but it was a long old time. And then, uh, yeah, after that, she was on her way to recovery. I stayed with her till 8 o'clock that evening. That's when she got sent through to the ward. I had been awake for 40 hours at that point, which is when I started writing all these notes. Thankfully for Blossom, she was able to go home two days later, which is good news for her because she was getting some serious, serious cabin fever. And the fact that she couldn't move around a lot because of what's happened. If the baby was crying, she couldn't get to it quickly. Yeah. So, And I, I think she didn't like to... I mean, I kept saying that that's what they're there for, but she didn't like to ask for help from all the people around. And I think only being able to see me for a couple of days, a couple of hours a day, didn't help either. But yeah, then Saturday, that Saturday, she was home, and then we started our little life as a family. Every now and then taking stuff to the new house, me getting my old job back, it's all, all happening, all happening in yeah. Benny's world. That's really cool, mate. I love the I, I love what you've done there. A little timeline of events. That's really yeah. yeah that's I really know. Good. I love that. That's so nice. That's it's funny because that's very very similar to mine and mine and Sarah's experience in the same way that Sarah lost a ton of blood. Yeah, couldn't and it affected the fact that um, her milk afterwards. She couldn't. She lost so much. She there was something about that it couldn't produce. She couldn't produce any breast milk or anything like that. I remember that we'd gone into the hospital on the Sunday night. And George wasn't born until the Wednesday morning. And Sarah had been in part, like, sort of early stages of labor and then labor for the whole time. So we were both absolutely fucking wired. And it was the next, it was later that day. So George was born at 10 to 4 in the morning. And then at sort of 10 o'clock in the morning, there's these nurses who were sort of all over my wife trying to get her to breastfeed. And if you told me when I was 18, that there'd be two nurses massaging my wife's boobs and I wouldn't be excited. <laughs> I would never have believed you. But I was not. I was actually furious. And I just said to them, you have to leave now, please. My wife is going to pass out from tiredness. Like, you have to leave. Yeah. And I said to them, I said, look, listen, I said, I do not care if my child has formula at this point. I don't care. I'm sorry. Like, my wife needs to rest. She's fucking done. Yeah. And then this, the, I'm not kidding. I think, I think before they'd even left the room, Sarah just fell asleep. She was just so tired. By the time they stopped actually kind of working on this, she just, that was it. She was gone. She fell asleep. She was so tired. But she was the same. Lost loads of blood. You're just holding, and you're holding your baby. You're like, yay, oh my God, my baby. Oh, is my woman going to die? Because that's what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah. Because well, suddenly exactly there was six, was. yeah, there was suddenly six people working on Sarah. There's fucking blood all over the floor because they had to cut her open, basically. Not a cesarean, but underneath, they had to cut her open. There's blood, and now they're working frantically. And like you say, you can tell that their tone changes. Yeah. The way they talk changes. Everything becomes quicker, more sudden, more urgent. And you're thinking, okay, there's something clearly going on over here that I kind of don't know about and I'm very worried about. Yeah. But you're holding this baby that you've been planning for this entire time and you're so happy but also so concerned at the same time. It's a very weird feeling. I need to give a shout out to the um, anaesthetist as well, who I think his name was Mark. I forget now. I'm sorry. Um, he was an absolute star, like with Blossom, like keeping her calm, like com constantly talking to her, constantly trying to make sure she's as comfortable as possible. Even though he did give her a new ear pierce and do one of those iron tests, yeah, he he, every everyone there was a star. Everyone did. Everyone was incredible. Shout out! What hospital was it again? Shout out the hospital, just so they get a bit. Of credit. Uh, that is that is James Paget University Hospital in Galston. There you go. Shout out to those guys. Yeah, yeah they're incredible. It, it's weird. I'm kind of reminiscing about what happened like with my kids births because naturally that sparks the memories and then just marveling yeah, yeah. in how different but similar all of our journeys are like there are huge differences <laughs> between true. the fact that you know what's happened to the mums what's happened to the the babies but weird similarities like all of our firstborns just we couldn't get milk in them uh, my my firstborn was the same just wouldn't take the milk and she had to be rehospitalized, like on her third day, because she lost so much weight and she was dehydrated because mum felt under so much pressure to breastfeed her 
that we didn't yeah. have bottles or anything like that prepared. So we mm. got into hospital, they gave us a bottle, she wolfed it down, and we were all in tears just going, oh my god, our baby's alive. Thank god. <laughs> but it is that, it's weird that there are so many similarities with it all. Because you think it is such a unique experience, but I suppose the process itself. I don't know if, like, as a midwife, we'll have to ask the midwife we have in our, like, wider friend group, if she just, like, sees them as eventually becoming a bit run-of-the-mill. <laughs> like, it's just, right, let's get the Pieces of out. meat. There we go. <laughs> yeah, well, like, not not like a factory line, but and each birth is going to be subtly different, but not by too much, necessarily. Yeah, the end goal is always the same, isn't it? Exactly. And the end result You've is always going to be out. that. And yeah. there, there are two main ways of doing that. So <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, it's, I suppose it is kind of the same, the same processes you always follow. Otherwise you wouldn't be able to learn to be a midwife, I suppose. Because you just have to be faced with a different challenge every time. How are you going to learn that? Uh, but my main question really for you, Benny, is, is how is uh, Blossom doing now? Because it sounds like she went through hell getting this damn baby out. <laughs> <laughs> I think physically she was completely fine. I think it was just the mental aspect of being in the hospital on her own. I can't be there. She can't move around a lot. The baby, obviously she can be with the baby. She's struggling to breastfeed because um, similar to what happened with Sarah, like as soon as she was in recovery, they tried teaching her how to breastfeed which you know is fine she wanted to at least try yeah um and you guys both know blossom i think it's fair to say that she is um verily uh well endowed in the breast area wouldn't you agree she got a decent never noticed. we can say it wise <laughs> <laughs> but okay let's carry on and i feel like the baby would latch on and then lose interest after like a couple of a couple of chugs to be yeah to be blunt about it, yeah. And I, I told Blossom that um, their baby was um, scared of the the massive, massive things coming towards his face, <laughs> her face, <laughs> like the Hindenburg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it, Blossom quickly turned to pumping, but she's. I mean, I, I tried to tell her not to get disheartened, but I think she can't help her. She's not getting like as much out of there. She'd like. I, I say to her, like, any any little bit of um, milk is good. Like, even if it's just, like, a little dribble, the baby's going to be better off for it. But yeah. we know it's eaten and we know it's happy. I have her, I have caught her, like, like sobbing to herself a little bit. And, you know, I, I always bring her around and I say, this is why I said to her, like, right from the start, don't put yourself under pressure or don't feel like you're under pressure to do things a certain way. The main end goal is that the baby's okay, and the baby is okay. Yeah, better than okay. If She's it, perfect. If it helps, if it helps her at all, I know Adams. I know Adams. I don't know about your other kids, Adam, but I know you. Obviously, your daughter was bottle. Your first daughter was bottle and everything. But Blossom's met Georgia. Georgia was bottle fed the whole time. She's fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So nothing to worry about. It's it's perfectly fine. And exactly. It's not like it was back in the day. Technology's changed. Formulas changed so much. I can imagine when babies are first given formula, whenever formulas invented, it was fucking dog shit, and that's probably <laughs> why it was so bad. I can't imagine what they fucking were putting in it. It must have been awful <laughs> stuff because it was just kind of like, yeah, whatever it is, just get it in the baby, it'll get it fed. It's probably like one of those things where like Coca Cola had cocaine in it back in the day or something. Like the first formula must have had fucking heroin in it or fucking, I don't know anything. But it's not like that now. It's it's way better. And yeah, of course, breast milk's better, but the formula's perfectly fine. Exactly. It's getting yeah. everything the baby wants. I think I think Blossom's a bit upset that she shelled out fifty notes for an electric breast pump, but it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, that's that's why she's sobbing. <laughs> yeah. Fucking money wasted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. On the uh, on the subject of formula, shout out to the uh, Tommy Tippy um, oh uh, perfect prep machine. Is it what it's called? Oh God, no! You've not got one of those, have you? We You're have not a prep machine, have you? Oh, we have God, just because class. because <laughs> I, I'll explain why. First of all, it was given to us from uh, Blossom's friend Leanne. Thank you very much, Leanne. Uh, oh, secondly, in that case, well done. You didn't pay for it. <laughs> Good. Secondly, uh, when we first started get, uh, committing to the formula, you've got to boil the kettle, leave it for half an hour, and then you can start making it. So when you're waking up at two in the morning, you're actually up for 
what two hours now with this i'm up for 45 minutes with the baby get the get the formula in her get got get it made get the formula in her get her to sleep get her back to bed get myself in bed it's made life so much easier wow. it's an act it's an actual godsend are you are you like fresh making each bottle then you're not like doing a batch and leaving them you're in not the making fridge. pre-batches no no we're doing it as we go Oh, well, oh. that's your problem. I'm assuming, Adam, you're the... Yeah, you make, yeah we made pre-batches. You make pre-batches that night yeah. for that night's bottle and then put two in the fridge ready yeah, to go. Yeah, like at some point in the day, you would make like six bottles, stick them in the fridge yeah. and just pull them out when you need them. Yeah, don't make it Yeah, don't make it when you get up, mate. Just make, just make two or three, or, or as many as you want, but we did two or three just to cover us for the night, just in case. Yeah. And then we'd do it like like tea time or whatever. Yeah. I can't do that now. I'm already in a routine. Like two minutes. <laughs> he's in a routine. Oh, he's not like a dad already. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> routine, yeah, so, like, routine, routine. Alarm goes off. I pick up the baby, take her downstairs, put the machine on, make that up, make a formula up with one hand, turn the little light on in the lounge, sit on the chair, get a comfy, and then yeah, just feed her, burp her. Hopefully, she doesn't throw up on me. <laughs> Change her if uh, anything happens down there, and then take her up to bed. 45 minutes to an hour later. And then in four hours, it's Blossom's turn. I don't, I don't know if I could have handled that routine. The fact yeah, that me you've, neither. You've no way. Set, you've set an alarm for your baby, and you're not using the baby as the alarm. <laughs> well, it's, the reason for that is, go on. Um, when we got the baby home in a couple of days after, um, the midwives come and visit, and they were worried that the baby was a little bit jaundiced. Like as she was a little bit, to be yeah. fair, not like a, not to a, not to a dangerous level, but enough that they were a little bit concerned about it. So they said to feed the baby every three hours, like no matter no matter what. So we did that, and now the baby's fine. There's no jaundice there whatsoever. Yeah, so we sense. we've again stuck in that routine. So we feed her every four hours. Fuck it, it works for your mates. So keep yeah. doing it. That's all that matters, yeah, isn't it? Exactly. That's, you know, keep going. I've got to get this out quickly before I forget. I did write down a quick note when you were mentioning cosplays. We don't shout out our mate Rick's wife enough for being a fucking midwife. A true, genuinely, genuinely, I mean this in every sense of the word, a true fucking hero. Bringing life into the world every day as part of her job. And it's a fucking thankless task. Every single person should be on their bended knee to Rick's missus saying, oh my God, thank you so much, thank you so much. And I'm, I'm guessing some do, but I'm probably guessing some of them yeah. don't. They just take the baby and go, yay, it's a miracle. Somebody's helping you with that miracle. One of those people is a midwife, as we, yeah. as our good friend's wife knows. So mm-hmm. if she ever hears this, Rick, if you listen to this, tell your wife she's a fucking legend, genuine legend. And Rick, you should definitely be one of those people on bended knee, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've got a question anyway for you, Benny. Okay. What's your biggest surprise so far? Either you know, like something we d- you didn't think about or you never thought would happen or what have you got? What do you think? Funnily enough, um, I said right at the beginning of the podcast that I was never sure that I wanted to have kids, didn't I? Like, yeah. yeah. I was like happy that Blossom got pregnant. I was happy that we were going to have one. But it was never like part of my grand plan that I like had a kid. Like it was never something I really like dreamt towards um so it was quite surprising to me like when we got home essentially that i don't know if i learned it through osmosis or from seeing things on seeing other people do it or other people like things on tv that i sort of knew what i was doing like i knew how to feed it i sort of knew how to change i knew how to hold a baby and yeah, that's it. I, I, I'm surprised. I was surprised myself that I actually was competent, like which I didn't think. I thought it would take a, a good long while to get competent. Yeah, you do pick it up quickly, don't you? It is this weird inbuilt thing. You just, yeah, I don't know. I, I was the same. I had never having not any brothers or sisters or anyone in my family that was close to me had had young babies. I think I'd maybe my sort of main ex girlfriend of a long time had young nieces and nephews i'd maybe done three nappy changes in my life on like her nieces or nephews if the family were busy or something or they could i just yeah i'll do it it's fine and yeah just seem to you just seem to pick it up don't you it's very strange it's a very strange phenomenon that you can just get it quite quickly there is some kind of genetic memory i'm sure that gets passed down yeah throughout the species about how to do the very basic things 
you know, like like just comforting a child. There there is that mm-hmm. kind of evolved part where you recognise a a child crying very easily above other sounds. So you you can respond to that, regardless about how you feel about kids. It's built into you. So I'm sure there is other stuff built into you that way. That's so true, especially when you're asleep. Yeah. For some reason, your own kid has a frequency when you're asleep that wakes you up, Mm -hmm. whereas other things just don't wake you up. I'm such a heavy sleeper. Yeah. When I was a kid, Adam, you will know this, but where my mum used to live, at the bottom of that was essentially a coal power station. (laughs) And I slept through one day them demolishing two chimney stacks. <laughs> there was, I, I like literally at the bottom of my road and it was all cordoned off and everything. So it was safe, but you could hear it. It was, my mom said, you know, it's fucking deafening. Just like, I just slept right through it. Yeah. Anytime Georgia whimpers or even now, if she just kind of tosses and has a bit of a night terror and she'll go, oh, I'm like, what's going on? What's happening? I'm up like a, I'm up like a dog, ears pointed, <laughs> looking at the door, looking around. Okay, what's going on? Yeah, yeah, it's bizarre. You just tuned into your kid immediately. And and that carries on to like areas where there are lots of other people making noise. Like I find myself able to differentiate like my kids' screens from other kids' screens in soft play areas and things like that, when there are like a hundred different kids all running around and screaming, you are just so attuned to your child, you can pick them up. Hang on, my spider sense is tingling. That That's, that's a cry of disappointment. <laughs> I better respond to it. Quick. Oh no, she's stuck noise. in a ball pit. Oh, quick, get her out. It's so that's very, um That's very animalistic, isn't it? Like, Having a, I guess it's like having a call, and that's a call that only you know, just like with, say, like birds or any yeah. other sort of animal. Yeah, definitely. And and you'll also, also notice as well the opposite. Like, hang on, my kid's not making noise. What's going <laughs> oh, on? Yes, oh, are they that's the one, Benny. <laughs> oh <laughs> yes, that's the one. Oh my god, I will still now. Every night, I will go and check on Georgia before I come back downstairs. And every night when I come back upstairs, I'll check on her. And sometimes I will have to get literally to her face. She's fast asleep. Mm-hmm. And if she woke up, she'd probably die of a heart attack because I'm so close to her. But I'm just looking at her thinking, Christ, are you breathing? I really can't tell here. I've got my phone, I've got my torch on my phone and everything. I'm doing like the, um, you know, like wise guys whack, whack somebody and put a mirror up to their mouth to make sure they're not breathing anymore. <laughs> I've got a mirror there like, oh my God, is she alive? What's going on here? Oh my God. <laughs> But yeah, still I haven't do it got, now. Yeah. I haven't got that issue with the baby because she's a snorer. You know, she's two weeks old and she already snores. Like I said, takes after mummy. <laughs> <laughs> it's so panicking though. Like especially when they're in the same room as you in that first yeah. like six months. And you're just like, hang on. That kid's being <laughs> too quiet. What the <laughs> fuck is going on? Yeah, the worst time when they're quiet is when they can start walking. And you're in the kitchen and then it's just really quiet in the living room for two minutes and then you're thinking hang on a minute what are they doing and you walk in and there's like fucking a jam sandwich in the fucking DVD player or something you're like shit I knew it I knew you were doing yeah. something it was too quiet you're, too, you're just concentrating on this fucking jam sandwich DVD I knew it you'll go from listening to screams to just listening for absolute silence while they're I don't know painting the carpet or something I'm just a bit blown blown away by it all because it, it's such an amazing experience and the fact that you've gone through it, Benny, I, d- I don't know if I'm used to that idea yet, just hearing it all from you. <laughs> because there's been months of anticipation, and then yeah. obviously the event has happened. We know it's happened, we've, we've seen photographic evidence, but I still can't quite believe it. And I don't no, she's know here, she's real, she's too like real. <laughs> she's absolutely 100% there. And I say to Blossom, it sounds cheesy, and I don't mean to be cheesy, but... I didn't think that I would love her as much as I do. Yeah, it's mad. You fucking yeah. hit like a ton of bricks, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. It's crazy. All the all the songs in the radio start start to make sense. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's yeah, it's all the cliches of this. <laughs> yeah, they're there for a reason. It's absolutely true. Everything that everyone says is true, and you will never ever ever understand what your life was before she was born. And you'll just think, what the hell did we used to do with our time? Like what was the? What do we even do? What we just did nothing. We did nothing that was worth anything, because now obviously everything is towards okay. We like we want to make sure our kids happy and having a nice time and learning and all that kind of stuff. 
And you'll just think, what did we do before this kid was even here? What what was the point of anything? It's an amazing thing. It's an amazing thing. And it's great that we've kind of got to live it with you for the past sort of 20 weeks. Yeah. And obviously more than that before the show. But like I said before, that, that was one of the reasons for the show was to hopefully provide a sort of guide for people to to listen and to go through and to join us on this journey. Because like I said last week, I think, or like before, I think it's it's a weird thing that we've all got kids yet. This felt like the first kid that everybody was kind of involved in. And that weird thing where this kid's got already sort of four or five, you know, your friends kind of aunties and uncles type joke thing. It is that already. And it feels like she's kind of all of ours and we're going to all like, <laughs> it's like the local tribe or something or like a herd of <laughs> elephants that are going to protect them, going to protect the elephant calf when it's born. And that's kind of how it feels. It kind of feels to me like, I don't want to sound like depressing, but going back to what you said about the previous life, like I died on the 22nd of April and was reborn again as like a completely different person. And now like the the Benny we all knew and loved back then is dead. Long live Benny 2.0. <laughs> Long live Benny version 2. <laughs> yeah, Benny, Benny classic is dead. This is new Benny. <laughs> <laughs> Benny Max. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is now Benny. Yeah. Benny Classic is dead. This is Benny Max. Yeah. <laughs> so, are you? When are you back at work then? Uh, Monday. Monday week. Monday week. Where are, Where Shit, are you? Dude. Give them the lovely news that I won't be there much longer. Drive your own. And when? Yeah. Of course. <laughs> oh, you need, you need to go on a blaze of glory as well. Yeah. And fuck you. No, a, a blaze of glory is jumping my van into the into the river. I don't want to be doing that. <laughs> Just give. I don't know if you know, but I've got a baby now. Person. Just give it all. Just say, you've you've won the lottery today. You've won the the special one millionth customer prize. Here is all of the shopping. <laughs> you also get to keep the crates and the van. <laughs> Here are the keys and the van. <laughs> and just walk yeah. off. It's like a Mr. Beast giveaway. <laughs> there are people that yeah. would kill for those crates uh. as well. The amount of people you go to and say, oh, I'd love to put my tools in one of them. Can you just like, leave me one on the sly? <laughs> maybe maybe Christ. on my last day I shall leave one behind. You'd have to take a gut punch, though, and say they robbed you, just in case anyone questions yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> you're, like in John, you're like in John Wick, where he has to shoot the doctor who helps yeah. him to make it look like he did it, like he, he did it under duress. Yeah. <laughs> like, you, can you just have, have to go crate. to the back to the uh, depot winded. You can have a crate, <laughs> but you've got to punch me in the face. I need, I need a black eye. Yeah. I need a story, man. I got robbed. <laughs> yeah, I need a story. I need something to pass on to my superiors. Yeah. Hit me. <laughs> no. They, wow. So, I've got my club card number. I can't do it. My 10% discount. <laughs> no. So how is the... Of course, of course, as well, you're in the process of moving house and sorting all that out. How's that going? It's a case of every day we take something over. Like today, for instance, we took a bunch of boxes from... Uh, Blossom's dad's loft over to the house. Uh, four boxes from there. Four boxes from there went to the house. Four boxes from there went to the charity shop. We kind of like tried organising all that. Basically, the kitchen's organised. The bedrooms are nearly organised, and the lounge is just full of boxes that are miscellaneous and don't know where everything is going to go yet. But my desk is there, so that's the important thing. The area where my computer will be is set up. But yeah, it's 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 kind of frustrating because in my mind, like we got the keys on the twenty seventh and like I thought we'd be in like the day after. I know I understand how like un unreasonable a request that was, but that was still my hope and dream. And the fact that it's like nearly two weeks later and we're still not living there. It hurts me, but I completely like understand. And again, it means that I get to spend more time with Blossom and the baby at her dad's house, and it's it's fine by me. Apart from this coming Wednesday, Sky TV's getting installed, so I will abandon them to get my uh, Sky Atlantic up. Yeah, and it's just, every, you know, at least every day you're making progress, aren't you? That's the thing. Yeah, exactly. So it's not, Yeah. you know, I think it's worse when it's like kind of, I know we mentioned grand designs at the time, but if you're like building a house, and it's like this, it's going to take you know eighteen months or something. You've got the house; it's there. You can go in whenever you need to, and every day you do a little bit. It's you know a little bit more that's done, and it's on on the way to being done. At least that's something. Yeah, and we're very lucky as well that my my dad's a builder, so let's say in the in the main bedroom, 
the floorboards were a bit squeaky, so he pulled the carpet up and fixed that. And Blossom's dad's a painter, so he painted the walls downstairs. I demanded that I do the feature wall in the main bedroom because you know I've never really done that before, and I want to practice and learn. And I did a passable job, not a great job, but the wall looks painted and isn't patchy. It's just a bit around the sides that are a bit dodged, but her dad's going to tidy that up for us. Yeah. And again, I've done DIY, so I am a manliest man out of all of the men. You, you blokes it Chad, up. Benny over here. You're like sucking the tears back into your uh, your ducts that you, <laughs> you shed over the birth of your child. I want to be a bloke again. Adam, I do we have advice anymore? Do we have names anymore? What's the plan now? We could have really should have talked about this before the show, but we'll workshop it now while we're here. <laughs> oh what's no, the, I've still what's got the them. plan. Because these aren't for Benny. Oh. These are... Okay. For, for everyone. The, these are this is for the audience. Okay, these are public domain. Okay, then. <laughs> yeah, so, okay. like you say, Ben, you're a, you're a parent now, so you don't matter. This is just for new people yeah, now. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. it now. I shall just, like, shirk into the shadows and no one will pay attention to me anymore. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm like Homer disappearing into the bush. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Oh, that's it now, though. The, you, you are the dad. In a few years, you will be seen to be the Homer. If if Ray's anything like my daughter, she she won't like molly coddle you. She won't comfort you, like soften the blow with any of her comments. You'll get the things like, "Dad, you look pregnant. Are you having a baby?" <laughs> things like that. <laughs> oh from God! Her. You you get prepared Damn. to be bullied by your child in the most adorable. My fragile way. ego cannot handle this. <laughs> You'll toughen up if if you can deal with punamis and baby vomiting <laughs> in, near your mouth. You can deal with anything. That's another thing. Before we get on to names and advice, you brought up Punani's. I massaged that perineum for weeks. For nothing. For nothing. <laughs> for nothing. For naught. Fuming. Well, let's be honest. Anytime you can put anytime you can put your hands down there and rub, it's not really for naught, is it? Exactly. It's good <laughs> There's practice. a little bit there, but it wasn't for its intended use in the end, no. shall we say. We got a laugh out of it, and that's pretty much all exactly. it was good for. There you go, you see. There you go. But, but they didn't see in the end, that's what it was there for. That's what it was intended for, yeah, the, was to make you chuckle. The comedy perineum. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Come dear. Right, Benny, as the man of the hour, or week, or months, it is your choice. What would you like first? Names or advice? Well, seeing as the baby has a name, uh, the perfect name, the best name, uh, I'll go for advice first, please. I'll go for advice first. Okay. This is from a previous episode that you went here for. The Distaff Gospels. So these are the 14th century French... Uh, yes. <laughs> ...mothering advice that were My favourite to... Gospels, by the way. Exactly. The the only true Gospels. But these were... The only true Gospels. <laughs> these were... Kind of folklore advice. So the the three men and their babies podcast of their day, uh, where they were gathering funny advice about parenting and putting them into one format. So th- this is basically what the Distaff Gospels were. But luckily, it's out of copyright, so we we don't have to get like a copyright claim made against us by using this advice. So we're just kind of compiling some of the short pieces of advice from the Distaff Gospels that are just ridiculous. So the number one thing is never throw cherries at a pregnant woman. So if you are a pregnant woman and you're out there, or if you know a pregnant woman, or just see one walking down the street, don't throw cherries, strawberries, or red wine in the face of the pregnant woman. Because doing so would cause the baby to have what's known as the port stain, the red birthmark that can appear on a baby's face. So don't do it. Another one... (laughs) Which is probably, if you're already pregnant, it's a bit too late for this. But if your baby has been conceived while the man had dirty and smelly feet, then the child will also have that stink about them all over. (laughs) If it's a boy, it will have unpleasant breath. And if it's a girl, it will have a stinky rear end. So... (laughs) I really thought you were going to say something else, honestly. Oh my god. So hopefully, Benny, you have nice and clean feet. Otherwise, you've got a stinky-ass girl. Um, (laughs) 
And the final one, which I'm hoping wasn't the case for you, Benny, is that if both of you were virgins when you conceived the child, and obviously not virgins at that time, but just before, the child is bound to be simple. So, <laughs> why? Get your fuck on, people. I don't know why. I'm not sure. But yeah, if, if both of you were virgins and then you do it once and you get pregnant, you're going to have a simple child. I'm afraid. Which is weird, seeing as, like, in kind of more historic times, like medieval times, my understanding was that, like, the whole virgin aspect was something that was highly sought after. But I assume only in the sense of the woman, not necessarily the man. No wonder Jesus was such a fucking dunce. (laughs) (laughs) On that note, actually, a little recommendation for you. Over the past, like, two or three weeks, uh, I've been watching Preacher on Amazon Prime. I watched the first oh, yeah. series ages ago and thought, you know what, there are four series now. I'm just going to blaze through them. And it's some of the best TV I have seen in ages. The way it's filmed. Isn't it great? The content. Yeah. Just the sheer balls to the walls, gore and stupidness in it. It's amazing. So that's my there recommendation go, yeah. for the week show. out there is watch Preacher on Amazon Prime. All four series. You have to watch all four of them. Right. This is something we've been putting off for a while, Benny, because we needed you. This is the the next round of illegal or ill-advised. The podcast board game with no board <laughs> and two people playing it. No dice, nothing, just given names. And you decide as a team if it's an ill-advised name or if the name is actually illegal. Now the, the podcast game that is sweeping the nation. It is. Now, the ill-advised names come from a parenting site, parents.com, who ranked the names in 2019 in their, their top like 100 weird or unusual names for children. We'll start off, if you're both ready, with the name Pinches. Ill- illegal pinches. or ill-advised? Pinches, as in the act of pinching. I want to say ill-advised. I'm leaning towards ill-advised because I'm sure there's some sort of cute story behind it. Yeah, ill-advised, Adam. You are correct. The name is just ill-advised. But there is at least one child out there called Pinches. The next one. Phrase. As in fromage phrase. Or fray, I suppose. F-R-A-I-S-E. That that spelling of phrase. Illegal or ill-advised. I haven't got a read on this. Benny? Um, I'm leaning towards ill-advised again, just because uh, again yeah, there might be some sort of silly story yeah. behind it, like the the child was conceived in a tub full of yogurt or something along those lines. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, well, now we've got to go with we've got to go with ill-advised then. <laughs> I'm afraid you're wrong. It's an illegal name. No way. In oh, France, dear. a court ruled that a baby girl could not be named Frey or phrase, which means strawberry. So fromage fray means strawberry cheese. They said it could be construed as the slang word for arse in French. Uh, So the parents went with phrasine or fraying instead. To be fair, that makes oh. so you say that that makes sense because my mate couldn't call his kid um, chip butty. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. What about sausage sandwich? Did they go with that instead? No, that's his sister. They just called him Greg. (laughs) Greg's. (laughs) Okay, the next name uh, Mattel. Illegal or ill-advised? That's got to be illegal. Yeah, that's a that's a um, a corporation. The toy company. That's got to be illegal. That is ill-advised. There's no illegality what? about it. You, there is a child, at least one out there, called Mattel. Okay, uh, the next one, illegal or ill-advised, is any. A-N-Y. Any. Any. I mean, I'm leaning towards ill-advised, but... Again, there's probably some sort of trick that Adam's got that I'm not seeing. <laughs> the old so quadruple I towards, bluff. I was leaning towards <laughs> illegal. Go on, Benny, you pick. It's your week. Uh, I'm going to go with my gut and say ill-advised. Oh, it's a good job you did. It is ill-advised. Uh, there is a well, child out there called Annie. Saint. Illegal or ill-advised? Saint. That's the full word, not just S-T. I'd say illegal because I think it was something ridiculous like the church won't allow it or something yeah. like that. In a very like Catholic country or something like that. Well, yeah. I'm not sure on the denomination in the country, but yes, it is illegal, in particular in New Zealand. 
And that's because you can't give your kids <laughs> names that resemble official titles. So several disappointed parents in 2019 had that name rejected by the New Zealand government. The next one, Chow Tao. Illegal or ill-advised? Chow Tao. It's two separate words. Okay, so this sounds obviously Asian. Yeah. 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 So there's going to be obviously a story behind that, but my knowledge of Asian languages is nowhere near good enough to be able to work anything out. <laughs> We're going to have to go gut. What does your gut say, Benny? Illegal. 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 You're right. It's a Cantonese yes. name, and it's been banned in Malaysia. It actually means smelly head. So it's, it's a good reason to uh, ban it, really. Not only should it be banned, but the parents who suggested that as a name for their kids should be fucking hung, drawn, and quartered. <laughs> the next one. Axis. Illegal or ill-advised? Axis. I don't know if it's illegal or ill-advised, but it's bloody cool. <laughs> yeah, Axis. Any name with an X in is cool. No, that's true. Yeah, go on, Benny. It's, it's your go, mate. It's, uh, it's your show this week. Uh, I'm going to go for ill-advised, please, Adam. You are right. It's ill-advised. Especially as the baby's middle name was of evil. <laughs> I, knew, I knew you were going to say that. No. I avoided making that joke myself. No. The baby's middle name was genuinely of evil. Oh, my God. Yeah. No. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What was his last name? I don't know. Like <laughs> Empire or something like that. Yeah. Uh, right. Okay, the next one. Jesus. Uh, Diamond. Illegal or ill-advised? I, I'm thinking ill-advised for that. I guess like some babies are named after precious stones, so yeah, ill-advised. Yeah, yeah. You can have ruby, you can have sapphire. Yeah, you yeah we'll go ill-advised. You can, but not in Hungary, where it's Damn illegal. It. The Hungarian word for uh, diamond, which is giemi, or Giemi, apologies for any Hungarian listeners out there. I don't speak Hungarian, as you can tell. But also, the name Jinx were both requested recently, and neither of those made the cut. Not sure on the reasoning for it, They just, just the Hungarian government refused to allow a child to be named Diamond. Penultimate one, danger. Illegal or oh. advised? <laughs> Please don't be illegal. Yeah, Please. I don't want it to be illegal. <laughs> it advised out of just... Pure want. Yes, pure your, hope. Your desires and hopes were correct. It's ill-advised. Yes. Oh my god, you can't yes. name your child Danger. <laughs> Although, as we all know, it's better as a middle name, not first name. And the final one, <laughs> illegal or ill-advised, ivory, as in hmm. the coast. Ivory so as in no. the, uh, <laughs> the kind of second to third tier of female wrestler during the Attitude Era. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She wasn't on Trisha Lita's level, but she was just a little bit below. I'm going to go for oh, ill-advised, please. Ill-advised. Unfortunately, you're wrong. It's illegal. In the late 1990s, some parents in Quebec, in Canada, were asked to change their baby's name because it was too similar to the soap. Luckily, the parents appealed and they did win, so they could continue to call their baby Ivory. But there you go. Don't go calling your kid Ivory, uh, Imperial Leather... Or shield, because uh, you might get the uh, the respective companies out trying to sue you. Now, hang on a minute, though. Actually, I'm just going to go to a judge judge's decision on that last ruling because if you're saying it's illegal, it illegal. but then it was overturned in clearly it's in legal. that particular appeal. But it doesn't mean anyone else naming their child Ivory would be able to appeal it uh, and be successful. But there is precedence well, now for Ivory being legal. But it's still yeah, illegal, yeah. even if there's precedent. We've had this before where things have half... been changed and we <laughs> I'm going to give us half a point. Okay, next one. If it is illegal but was overturned and you say it was illegal, then you're wrong. That's fine. <laughs> we'll do it that way. <laughs> okay. Fine. All right, so we get this one, yeah, no, but not the no, next one. You don't. But from from now on, <laughs> then the rules will play by now. Okay. Okay. okay moral so of the story half... is name your children half after point. other attitude era women. Yes, exactly. China. Yes. I don't, I Jacqueline. don't know any mothers. Trish Lee. Okay, we're just going to name women <laughs> name women wrestlers to finish the show. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get out of here because Benny's got, uh, I'm sure, dadding to do at well, some point. Well, his alarm's not gone Actual off, dadding. so he mustn't have anything. To <laughs> yeah, do not yet. Now. The baby was fed. He needs just to get at half seven, so I've still got a good few hours yet. Yeah, hopefully. He needs to get ready because he's got to spend an hour and twenty five minutes making one yeah. bottle, doesn't he? <laughs> so not anymore. <laughs> Thanks to the prep machine. 
Thank you, Tommy Tippy. Yeah. <laughs> Sponsor us. All right. There we go. Anything else from you, boys? No, no. Thank you very much for continuing to listen and your continuing patronage. If you get the opportunity to do please rate and review us on the iTunes store or wherever you are picking up this podcast and uh, share it with your friends. They'll also enjoy it because we're funny and we give like good, good talk throughout the podcast. <laughs> Not right now, obviously, but throughout the rest of the podcast. We do give good talk. We talk good. There we go. Benny, anything you make? Um, nothing in particular. Just thank you, thank you to you two for all the support during the uh, last twenty weeks. And I think you guys don't realise how much you helped Blossom and myself, like with all the oh. the positive uh, feelings and everything. So thank you guys a lot. All right, let's get out of here before we all start crying. There we go. <laughs> Take care, late. everyone. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs> I love you. I love you.